0: Thanks, Lucas. While I'm uh, working remotely from home, I'm Lucas. Welcome back to Bacon Wire. I was on the run last week. I received some disturbing text messages and screenshots. Um, I had to I had to go on the run, had to make a, a, a getaway to a very secluded uh, hidden location called Walt Disney World. Um, stayed at the Coronado Springs Resort uh, not a giant tower of a hotel you know it doesn't stand out um, and uh, I I risked it through Atlanta on the way there with no traffic holdups and then waited an hour in standstill traffic on the way home uh, I think there were tire strips being set up by or spike strips being set up by someone trying to take me out uh, luckily we didn't get taken out um, so I hope that person is happy for damaging six other cars that weren't mine. Um, but I happened to listen to the pod, and I really it was it was a good listen. Like the spring game observations were pretty good. Uh, I still haven't watched it, so <laughs> that's my preparation. Um, but I liked how Jay Wright retiring just kind of like screeched the pod to an entire halt. And yeah. Uh, And
1: and to open, uh, I'd like to give a shout out to Mark Emmert um, for retiring before we started recording. So we didn't have to like, we didn't have to like think of shit to say on the fly. (laughs) And the only thing I have to say about Mark Emmert retiring is uh, rest in piss, Bozo. Hell yeah. Uh, I showed up to my biggest hater's
0: funeral. Uh, dot JPEG. <laughs> the the uh, the kid wearing the pajamas to like my sister's wedding, and then the suit to Mark Emmert's retirement <laughs> ceremony.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, honestly, uh, this kind of feels like Hitler uh, shooting himself in the head. In, in the in the barracks because he just didn't want to put up with NIL on the portal. He didn't want to have to legislate anything. So he's like fuck it. I'm just gonna retire. Uh I can't exploit I can't exploit the free labor of black teenagers anymore. Uh I'm dipping. Fuck off. Yeah they're getting paid now. This isn't fun. Yeah I'm gonna go and Teach a class on leadership at Harvard Business School. Uh, suck my dick, losers.
0: <laughs> um, yeah, I never liked Mark Emmerich. But I, I just think it's great that, like, he had to hand Bill Self a national title trophy. That's just fantastic. And I hope it happens with, like, another cheating program next year. Well, or Tom Izzo, you know, one of the two. It's not going to be Tom Mizzo next year. No. <laughs> <laughs> Lucas, are you sitting down?
2: Uh, I it would will. be both in that case, since all Shardy does is cheat. Yeah. I, I told uh,
1: at dinner, told a waiter, did you hear the news? And he goes, Wait, the waiter said no. I said, Tom Mizzo hasn't gotten anybody out of the portal yet. thought he would
0: cry. It's one of the. that's that's my favorite tweet ever Milwaukee fantastic <laughs> yeah Milwaukee um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh God
1: <laughs> um, that tweet could be used for anything yeah told the waiter at dinner did you hear the news?
0: no Elon Musk bought Twitter thought he would cry oh yeah yeah you know we Elon Musk bought the Peter uh, King tweet. For 43 billion dollars or 44 billion whatever. Well, no, that was
1: that he paid 43 billion for the tweet. Uh the extra billion got him
0: the rest of Twitter. Yeah. The tweet valuation came back and it was just like, "Holy shit, I got to pay 43 billion for this one."
2: About um, the cars to eaten beans tweet. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> Honestly, great value for Elon. Uh <laughs> great value.
0: Uh, what other tweets did he buy? Oh, I'm trying to think of some good ones too, some classics.
2: Tyler, the creators, how the fuck is cyberbullying real?
0: Oh, that's a good one.
1: I like that one. Uh, he bought that, um, he bought that weird hardball tweet about D'Antonio.
2: Uh, oh my goodness. <laughs> he bought it, he bought run it up, hurt feelings, take souls, let's fucking go. Yeah. Uh, he bought, Elon Musk bought,
1: The Mommy Whitmer tweet (laughs) He DM'd me and he said I'm buying Twitter specifically for Your Mommy Whitmer tweets
2: (laughs) I'm trying to look at the best Tweets of all time real quick He put Lucas on probation said if you ever Impersonate Stuart Mandel again (laughs) Uh,
1: At the Betsy Ross Center A guy asked me if he could If he could fucking flag I said, buddy, they won't even let me fuck it.
2: Dude, I, I, during COVID, I tweeted that at, um, I tweeted at like the Tigers account. Cause it was like, they were like, ask us anything. And I was like, what's your favorite drill tweet? And they said it involves a flag. I was like, that's awesome.
0: <laughs> well, he probably paid 43 billion for drill. You know, half of drills tweets are, are bangers in their own
2: way. Drill is what makes Twitter.
0: Ah, so you persecute Jared Fogle just because he has different beliefs? Do tell. (laughs) Girls get mad at me. Sorry. I'm sorry. I'm trying to remove it. Oh, my God. I'm not mad. I'm not mad. Please don't put (laughs) in the papers that I got mad. This one's classic. Food, $200. Data, $150. Rent, $800. Candles, $3,600. Utility, $150. Someone who's good at the economy, please help me budget this. My family is dying.
2: He's spend less on candles. No.
0: Okay, I, I sorry, I got I got to stop. But I mean, let's be real. The most valuable Twitter account is, you know, Don Thomas, right? Like Well, yeah, it's so well connected. I mean, it's the
1: <laughs> Don Thomas is the Jeffrey Epstein of Twitter just because oh. of all his massive connections.
0: Jesus Christ. Oh. That's going to get back to him. <laughs> so Cool. <laughs> post post that clip clip it and post it on Facebook, Don. I would, I would pass out if he's like, this isn't funny. One of my brothers met Jeffrey Epstein one time. Or like, one of my, <laughs> my, brother, my brother Bill Clinton was implicated. <laughs> I would faint. <clears throat> I would do the Larry David faint gift. Um, Okay. So we got a little bit of basketball news. We're, you know, I think, what, Sunday? Sunday is the deadline for kids to declare where they're going to school at, correct? Correct.
1: May yeah. 1st is the deadline to say, I'm going to the draft, or I am coming back.
0: Yeah. So...
1: Or no, that's a different no, deadline. It's May first is which the portal. Are going to. Yeah,
0: right. May first is the portal deadline. Correct. Yep, it's the portal deadline. Um, so that's Sunday for those who don't have a calendar in front of them. And uh, MSU has been pretty quiet on that front. I think we were we were talking to um, was it Jalen Bridges
2: or uh, do I have his name totally wrong? Right. As I mean, it was Jalen Bridges. But you we were to talking Baylor. to him, I believe. Right. Yeah, and he went to Baylor.
0: And he went to Baylor. Um. And we're talking to Baylor Shireman, who is uh, out of uh, San Diego or South-,
2: South. Yeah, I believe South Dakota Sorry. State. Yeah, His name is Baylor. Out. Does not go to Baylor,
0: but it looks like there's a couple programs pushing him really hard. Like every program is yeah, recruiting. Every big time program is going after him. Uh, Kentucky, Duke, Kansas, UCLA. And we're talking to him too. And I think we're up there. So um it's gonna be an uphill battle, but I I, I really hope we need a big, you know. You know, you guys touched on Julius Marble leaving. We need we're man, we're not gonna have the talk, but if Izzo doesn't land a big or two in this transfer portal window, which is closing every single minute we're, it's, it's not going to be good next year. We're going to, it's going to be, it's going to be troublesome. I'm, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to talk myself into jumping off the ledge, but it's, it's I think it's not going to be good unless Marcus Bingham says, you know what, I'm going to come back, but which, which ain't, which ain't, it ain't happening, but that still scares shit on me for some reason. I'm, I'm scared. I don't know about you guys, but I'm nervous.
2: I think Spartan Dog and I have kind of moved past the the um, the nervous point, and we're kind of at the acceptance
0: mm, okay.
2: already that nothing's going to happen. Um, my thing with the fact that they reached out to uh, Baylor Shireman from South Dakota State and also uh, Micah Parish from Oakland is that they're targeting wings, and this I assume is because they expect Max Christie to not return. I think they expect he's going to keep his name in the draft. Uh, I don't think that's the right decision for him, but um, you know, he's it's it's just whatever he's hearing from his campus saying it's time to go. You know, Michigan State's not the place, but you know that's kind of out of our control. So I figured that's kind of what they're doing. And I don't know if it's preemptive that they're going after these wings. They needed one. They needed one, whether or not Christy came back. But now they're probably going to they're probably actually going to need two if he's gone because our wing depth is. Still very thin.
1: Yeah, you know what they say. There's no place to develop your game like Lviv, Ukraine. Um, it's true. So, uh, Anyhow, yeah, you know, maybe, maybe Max and Gabe can team back up there. We'll see. <laughs> you know, this is just um, I, and it I, I know that the Izzo-Dantonio comparisons are lazy, right? Izzo's still pulling in five stars. Um, you know, Izzo is still um, pulling in. You know, Izzo still has top recruiting classes. There's still a lot of talent on this basketball team, right? But um, instead of comparing Tom Izzo to Mark Dantonio, I'm going to compare Tom Izzo To um, America, where the outward perception is that it's still in a very strong position. And, you know, whatever happened was a major was a minor setback for a major comeback. And they're going to be the program they always were. But I think there's a lot of rot in the foundation that isn't being addressed. And I think that's a big issue, and it's only going to get worse. You know, Izzo not getting a center in the portal is like Congress bailing out AIG after the housing crisis.
2: No centers.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no centers. Yeah. <laughs> no setters. <laughs>
2: no yeah, last week on the pod, I said I don't expect Tom Izzo to, to go into the season with Matty Sissoko as the starting center the same re, the same way I didn't expect him to go into the season without a point guard um, last year. But You sure about there that? There's been no contact. Well, the- Maddie
1: Sissoko isn't going to be
0: the starting center. Jackson Kohler is going to be the starting center. Hey, if he puts up 30 a night, you know, gives up 20 – Twenty-five. That's a net positive of plus five. That's true. <laughs> look at look at Lucas getting into the advanced analytics game. My the VORP the the, the Lucas stat
1: the LUCS yeah. stat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Lucas stat is just plus
0: minus. Yeah. Just, <laughs> I, I just have a really broad explanation. So we take how many points they score, and then we take how many points they give up, and then we uh sub, then we do a, a addition subtraction. And then what, what e- algorithm, you got to yeah.
1: throw an algorithm, we throw we an
0: algorithm uh, on our calculators and our computers and it spits out uh plus minus uh, what they have.
2: <laughs> Lucas uh, John Hamm meme.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm not ready to have that talk. Like I see those pulling in big time recruits. He's not, he's not just sick in the Detroit area. You know, like the Antonio was, or the Midwest Ohio
1: two stars.
0: Oh, <laughs> whatever. Uh, I, but it is alarming. I think it is okay to be nervous. Um, and you know, I'm gonna keep tabs on, you know, the big time basketball accounts. You know, Carter is a basketball mind. Come, come, combo. Uh, there's no way you say what did Willie Carr say?
2: No way Combo, like that. Combo.
0: <laughs> yeah, and then didn't, didn't didn't Spyro say uh Kumbau? Kumbau. Well Andrew uh, it was like uh it was like Rob Riggle in Step Brothers. Pa <laughs> <Kumbow. laughs> DK's like, I actually don't know how you say it. <laughs> That's the best part. Uh all right, DK, if you're listening, it's Oh combo combo um yeah we'll see what happens you know next week uh, might be a, a more interesting podcast if uh he pulls something out of his out of his hat and lands some guys or you know we're just silent in the portal it'll be an, an interesting and possibly not heated but it'll be a a pod that's going to spark some conversation And it's going to go off of what Twitter for sure, because Twitter is going to go ape shit on May 1st. If stuff, if stuff isn't happening or is, you know, Um, shoot, I don't have much to add to that. Um, (laughs) You guys have anything else to add about basketball?
2: It's not fun right now.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Basketball.
2: um... It's football season.
1: Yeah, it's football. You know what? You know what, Carter? We did agree that next oh, that's podcast. Right.
2: Yeah,
1: we shouldn't even be talking about
0: basketball right now. It is football season. Okay. Is there anything new that happened with football this past week or no? Uh the Board of Trustees
1: approved the proposed improvements to Spartan Stadium. Um, so uh look at that. We talked to Brian Masalam once. And we're one for four on our proposed improvements. We're getting a new sound system in Spartan Stadium. <laughs> they're also, they are also making some structural improvements, I believe, to the West Bowl. Yeah. Um, they're putting in some handrails, I think, on that big-ass ramp. Good. You, know, you take to the upper, you take to the 100 section um, on the, is that the west side? That's the east side of the stadium. Yeah. Um, so that's, I think that's very much needed because when you show up to the game 20 minutes after kickoff and you're fucking hammered out of your skull in <laughs> the lower bowl student section. Seats Who's ever taken, done that? Yeah, that is a major <laughs> endurance test. Um, that should be, that should be on the watch. I'm surprised a fair factor challenge didn't involve walking up the ramp at Spartan Stadium <laughs> with beer goggles on. It's like a double dare style physical
0: challenge. Oh, that, that especially, could you imagine doing that hammer drunk going to your upper deck seat, like all the way up? Or is that what you're talking about? And I'm just a fucking That's what idiot. I'm talking about because, I'm like, an idiot right now. Sorry. Because, like, you know, some of the upper bowl section is still this, those are, that's
1: like the black section of the student section. No, okay, fuck. <laughs> that's not what I meant.
0: And I was there. Edit. <laughs> that's not what you meant. That's funny. I'm leaving it. When in. I was there, the student sections, the student section sections were like color
1: coding. And that section was the was 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 black. Oh no! <laughs> I didn't mean that. It
0: that's where students you hung out. You, it's not that bad. And you didn't mean it. So, like, it. I think it's funny. Except when I call Hunter Dickinson gay, I do mean that. That's crossing the line. You can say racist stuff, but, my God, if you call Hunter Dickinson gay, someone's going to click that above everything else. Uh-oh.
1: Has Hunter Dickinson tried, like, being straight?
0: <laughs> I imagine them recruiting him, like, Esty. Uh, you've seen Sonny, right? We, like. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I'm, I'm, I don't know. I'm drawing a blank. of well, shit, but like, that's like the episode from season three when that guy's trying to buy the bar and they take him to <laughs> the strip club and he's like, no, I'm gay. And then Dennis and Mac, like going to that tirade about power bottom and, and speed and all that. Oh yeah. So, <laughs> uh, Leah, Leah, Michelle, Oh, who you
1: may remember as Rachel Berry from Glee. Carter. <laughs> Carter, have you seen this? Have you heard about this? This is insane. You got you gotta hear this. What's going on? Uh Leah Michelle, who you may know as Rachel Berry from the um from a television show Glee. I don't know, I don't want to call it a hit the hit television show. Was a hit of one time. <laughs> from one of the television shows. I mean it was a cultural phenomenon. Yeah. Uh, there was a whole episode of The Office centered around it. Yep. So yeah, I guess I guess it was a I guess it was a hit. Um set, she was in a Broadway production of something with Jonathan Groff of uh, Hamilton fame. He plays King George and Hamilton.
2: Yeah. That is. Yep. Okay. Where yep.
1: they I think it was Angels in America. Where um, and she like she describes her like shining a uh, <laughs> like a Pixar lamp on her vagina. It's showing the different parts of the vaginal anatomy to Jonathan Groff uh, because he's gay and doesn't have much experience with vaginas. Wow. <laughs> I'm not going to look at
0: the Pixar lamp the same for a while <laughs> I don't know if she described it as a Pixar
1: lamp but that's how I imagine it <laughs> can you imagine the Pixar lamp going to bounce on the eye and a fucking head comes out and grabs it and goes come here alright Jonathan so here's the you
0: majora <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. saw the headline end do a double take like excuse me like huh
2: they should do that I feel it's my hunter. I feel it's my obligation to always say this whenever uh, whenever things get a little too off the rails all right guys welcome back to your favorite Michigan state sports podcast <laughs> yeah. today we're talking about
0: well if you're if
2: you listen
1: you're the... if, if you've listened to the pod this long you know, you know you know this is it is what it is especially in the off season you where know, oh. there's less news and there's, there's less low. structure uh, I, I have a comment about uh, coaches in the NBA playoffs. Um, I don't know, like like the move away from suits, like I don't, I don't care about, uh, even though I'm pretty sure it's like 30% of the reason why Jay, Jay Wright retired. Uh, but like every NBA playoffs coach wearing like the same black like quarter zip with like their team logo with like the team name written out in like the same gray font.
2: Uh, is not a good look. I do not like it. If you're like, gonna, that sounds like what Nate McMillan is wearing. That is what, I mean, like a, a lot of the coaches are wearing it. Like, uh, the
1: T-Wolves, the Wolves coach is wearing it. I think mm. the Grizzlies coach is wearing it. Uh, he might be wearing a gray one, but like Quinn Snyder has been
2: wearing it. Uh, I've seen Quinn maybe, Snyder likes to wear white but somewhere else. (laughs) Oh, I get it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's, it's a weird look, but I mean, do we want to talk about, I mean, are we, I know I'm I'm not a huge NBA guy, but I've been fascinated by the Brooklyn nets and do we want to talk how like Katie just basically said, I want to go. To a place and just kind of chill and play with my friends. And like because Steve Nash, does he even coach? Like, I'm no. convinced he just doodles on the on the whiteboard.
2: Yeah, he
0: definitely They're getting fucking they're,
1: they're getting their fucking nu- they're getting nuts dragged across their forehead. Like just imagine uh the nets going into a timeout down 18,
0: and Steve Nash is like. Look at this tree I drew. <laughs> you know, like uh, someone on Twitter said, like, what is on Steve Nash's clipboard? And it was that, you know how you drew like that S? <laughs>
1: yeah, 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 with the light. <laughs> I'm
0: like, yep. Like, because I watched the end of that game last night. Like, I watched like the final five minutes. And I'm like, everyone's like, oh, my God, Brooklyn's coming back. I'm like, Brooklyn's not going to win this game. No chance in hell. And hats off to them. Um, I forget the coach for the Celtics name. Um, Ime Udoka. doka Yep, yeah, Udoka. doka um remember he is the first black coach in boston celtics history uh that's i don't know if you remember lewis riddick uh i think it was lewis riddick who said that or it might no jay uh, williams. jay williams
2: yeah yeah jay yeah. williams
0: <laughs> first black coach in celtics history to doka like uh not not really not really buddy well, Ime Udoka is yeah, the win. first
1: Black coach in Celtics history to uh, to to win a closeout game in a series <laughs> <Yeah>. after 2008.
0: oh <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <No> shit. <laughs> um, speaking of Celtics, have you guys caught up on Winning Time? Yes, I, I have not. I am I'm oh. like three episodes behind. You're an episode behind. Three. You three?
1: Oh shoot. Yeah, it's I great, uh,
0: I've I've triaged. Um,
1: I've triaged Barry over winning time. Ooh, you, you caught
0: up with Barry. I am halfway through season one. Okay, so they're they're not long episodes, and that's no. No, mother- they're only they're only half hour. They're only yeah. half hour episodes. So that- I, I watched the new season episode one. It was really good. Um, Bill Hader's a better actor than I ever thought he would be. I watched season one when it first came out but I didn't watch
1: season 2. So I had a decision where I could either like watch season
0: 2 or just re- or just restart. And I decided to do to pull the full restart. Yeah, I maybe I should have done that too, but I watched like a YouTube recap but the guy talked like he was going 100 miles an hour was like here's what happens in Barry season 1. Barry does this, Barry does that, Barry does that. And I'm like uh can I play this at half speed? And I've I don't know if you guys watched Breaking Bad, but Better Call Saul came back too. Yeah, I mean, I'm not a, I'm not big on Better Call Saul. It's just kind of is what it is. I love Better Call Saul. I don't know, it just it it just keeps me going. It keeps me in into it as much as Breaking Bad did. Um, so how was the Northman? Fucking ruled. I fucking love Robert
1: Eggers, man. Nobody captures the, how much it's, how much the past sucked, like Robert Eggers. And Mm. I'm not even talking about like societal issues and like, uh, like mindset. I'm talking about just like the day-to-day monotony of being a person in the past. Mm. Living in the past fucking sucks. (laughs) Like The Lighthouse. Those guys were fucking... They were jerking off to rocks.
0: (laughs) Just heard them. They were were just random farts, too, throughout the whole movie.
1: Yeah, they were fucking farting and jerking off to fucking rocks. Uh, No, The Northman, very good. Uh, I I recommend it to anybody and everybody. Um, There's a little... There's a little Norse mythology, but... um, not enough that you need to. Uh, they just showed John Moran's brother with Usher at the sidelines <laughs> on this game, and underneath their names, they had three question marks. Like when they were gonna put their profession, <laughs> they were gonna put what, like their relationship or like their profession, and like the graphics team forgot to do it. So it was just like it was like uh, that scene in Anchorman where Ron Burgundy reads a question mark on the prompter. T Moran? Usher? (laughs)
0: Oh. Oh, but. Okay, Minnesota. That's a weird series. That's Uh, a weird series. The NFL draft, folks. Oh, real real quick, before we talk about draft, uh, right before we got on, it was confirmed at, at CinemaCon Batman 2 is coming. Fuck yeah. Wait, like no wait. shit, like a no shit Sherlock Award. <laughs> Batman two is coming in 2024. All right, move along. Go ahead. Here, here is my um
1: here's my take is that I think this is the first draft in in at least three years. Maybe five years, maybe since 2017. This is the first draft, I think, in five years where being in the top three is not an advantageous position to be. Because I don't think there's, like, that breakout guy or those breakout guys who are, like, these guys in the right situation are going to be fucking supernova. They're going to be supernova superstars, right? I just feel like the ceiling on the, at the top tier of prospect this year is a lot lower than it has been in, in quite a long time. And Carter, you kind of follow the draft, you kind of follow the pre-draft stuff a little more closely than I, than I have. Um, you can kind of correct me if I'm wrong, but just based on kind of like how everyone's kind of mocking
2: it and
1: it, it kind of feels that way. There's no consensus, you know
2: what I'm saying? No, absolutely. It is a value draft. Um, It is, you know, there's no can't miss prospect at the top of the draft. And that's evident by the fact that Jacksonville still doesn't know what they want to do with that number one pick, whether it's, you know, I think it's Aiden Hutchinson or Trayvon Walker, whether they take an an offensive lineman like Evan Neal or Akeem O'Kwanu, it's still not decided. But, and, and yeah, you're right. Like there's no interest all the like pretty much all the teams in the top 10 want to trade back and they're, they can't get anybody to jump up because nobody wants to give up draft capital for this class just because it's not incredibly strong. It's one of those spread out deep drafts. So if you're a team that needs to accumulate talent through the draft, it's probably for you. So basically all those types of teams that are kind of rebuilding and needing to uh, reload, this is that draft where they can kind of do that. Um, but yeah, there isn't like, it's not like last year's draft where there was obviously there was a run on quarterbacks. Um, There was elite prospects like Jamar chase, Kyle Pitts, Penny Sewell. There just isn't that this year. I think there's, it's a lot of guys who are like, I was listening to a draft pod and someone mentioned a prospect. I don't remember who, but they were like, I really like him, but I wouldn't take him first round. And I think that's really just almost this entire draft pretty much after like 15. It's like, yeah, I, I don't know if I'd, Take this guy. Uh, I don't know if I take this guy first round, but he's pretty. He's still pretty good. So I think that that talent level is kind of spread out throughout the first like two or three rounds. So it's it's really deep, but not top heavy.
1: Right, and 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 I feel it it is one of those drafts where like if you're a team in the top ten, whoever you pick is gonna feel like a, you know, like because there's just, you can't, you can't go anywhere. You can't trade back. You're certainly not going to trade up. So you're just kind of like, you're kind of just playing, you're kind of just on auto draft almost, I feel like. I feel like this first round is going to be like an auto draft round. where You're just like best player available. Best It's going to be best player available, best player available, best player available. And then maybe once we kind of get out of this top, the top five, then maybe we'll see some, maybe we'll see a little movement. Maybe we'll see some kind of um, a little activity. Um, But I don't really see anyone in, I don't really see anyone in the top 10, maybe even the top 15 um, moving from the position they're at now. um, Unless they're the ones giving up capital which I think is an interesting position to be in.
0: What, what's the NFL draft? What are you guys talking about? Uh, the NFL draft <laughs> is what teams who
1: aren't based in Los Angeles have to do um, to get talent to come play for that.
0: <laughs> huh. Interesting. I will uh, – I'll have to keep that in mind. I'll have to watch this NFL draft that you're talking about. Yeah, I mean, the Rams. I don't think we have uh, a pick until day three.
1: (laughs) uh, No. The Rams are going to draft. Yeah, the Rams are going to draft until. Until what? The Rams' first draft pick is going to be made by Sean McVay Jr.
0: (laughs) On Friday night. I think they have a third-round pick, but if not, I mean. I'm, I'm of the opinion, you know, nothing is a sure thing. And can draft picks, high-end draft picks work out? Absolutely. Low-end draft picks can work out just as well. I mean, as much as I hate the man, Tom Brady was a six-round pick. You know, he kisses his son to harness his youth to, to keep him going playing football. But, like, you know, besides that monstrosity, you know, he's a pretty pretty great player. Um, I... Yeah, I really don't – I hope the Rams just kind of bolster some areas, you know, like get another offensive tackle to help with depth after uh, after Big Wit left. Maybe get a safety, you know, can't hurt to draft another wide receiver. Um, Mike Carter and I were talking Jalen Naylor out of Michigan State. Maybe pick him up later in the draft. I don't know if he's going to get drafted. I hope he does, but um, – yeah, I don't know. Um whatever, you know, really, really don't really don't have to worry about it for it's going to blow up someday, but right now I'm just enjoying it and they'll make some good picks. So They might make a trade, they might make a crazy trade. Um but well, I I think the thing with like
1: it blowing up is like I don't know like obviously it's going to piss you off when they when they go like four and 12 or four and 13 and it's happened
0: so it's not like i'm right but like
1: you ultimately like you achieve the goal that every nfl team like sets out to achieve every year so it's like so it's like yeah like you might suck again but like you you've witnessed like you've witnessed your team like yeah. I mean, win it all, which is more than, which is more than generations, whole generations of fans of,
0: of Carter's and I team can say. Well, like, you know, like I, I became a fan of them, you know, when Kurt Warner was there, but like, I latched on, I really got into them when they were shitty. Like, you know, at the end of the Mark Bolger years, I really got into them and, you know, forever they were bad. And like, You know, Les Sneed came in and they started trade making these trades. And you know, I would I would go through all that 10 years again just to get to what I experienced two and a half months ago again. Like I would do that if you told me that 10 years ago that they're gonna win a Super Bowl and didn't tell me it was Matt Stafford, but if you did, I would still say, Okay, sign me up for it. It's gonna be weird, but I want to see it happen. And you know, I, you know, like I, I feel for you guys, you know, as you know, I want the Lions to win a Super Bowl for, you know, my hope my ton of my friends are Lions fans and like, you know, and I want I, I, you know, Carter's got the Braves and you know that just won a championship, but you know, it, it hits different to win a Super Bowl and, you know, I want that for Carter too. And, yeah, I mean, the Hawks are in the playoffs.
1: Um, they're, they're, they're trying not for long (laughs) they're trying uh here is um here's my thought um you know at, at at two um i don't really love i don't really love anybody um at 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 two um you know, I don't think the I don't think Brad Holmes can really fuck this up unless he does something stupid like Draft Malik Willis or like Drake London at two. And even Drake London, I'd be temporarily pissed about, but I could like talk myself into Drake London because then I could go, oh, he could pair up with Amin Ra and it'd be like Cooper Cup and Robert Woods and maybe that would unlock, maybe that would unlock some of Goff's potential you know, when you pair those two up with Hawk, like I could talk myself into Drake London. Um, Honestly, if it's between Trayvon Walker, Aiden Hutchinson, Kayvon Thibodeau, um, you know, I think it's just a matter of, I think it's a matter of of fit. Um, Personally, I'm team Trayvon Walker. Um, You know, I think he, I think of the I think of the three, I think Hutch, I think Hutchinson has the lowest seat. And I'm not just saying that because, you know, I'm, I'm a Michigan state fan. I truly do think Hutch has the lowest seat. He
2: has,
1: he has one move. He's stiff. He doesn't have an explosive first step needs
0: a running start.
1: Yeah. And he could, yeah, he has, he, he plays with T-Rex arms. He could develop. Those moves, theoretically, but it's kind of like it's kind of it's kind of like learning Mandarin in your late twenties. Like you could, like theoretically, it's possible, but you're not going to be very good at it. Um, and that's that's just science, right? As you get older, it gets harder to learn new languages. So it's kind of an old. It's Even though, you know, Aiden Hutchinson is, in fact, younger than, than I am, um, it, it's kind of an old dog, new tricks thing. Um, Kayvon Thibodeau, obviously some of his um, eccentricities, let's call them, have been well documented. Um, I'm not really interested in, in kind of going over those in, in any dis- meaningful way. I don't really care. Um, and then Trayvon Walker, I think, I think kind of has the second lowest ceiling behind Hutchinson, but I also think his floor is probably the highest out of the three. And I think him having such a high floor is why he, he has slid in to be the betting favorite to go number one. You know, like I said, when you're, when the draft, when the draft pool is kind of this, I don't know if shallow is the right word because it, it is a very deep draft class at a lot of positions. Uh, when the draft class is this normie, I guess. When you have so many fucking normies in, in the draft, you're just kind of, you're kind of, you're, you're kind of avoiding bus fill. And I think Jacksonville, I think Jacksonville should probably draft Evan Neal or Equanute just because they've already invested a number one pick in Trevor Lawrence. And, you know, you kind of want to give him the, you kind of want to give him an, as much protection as possible. Um, you can't really draft a receiver at number one. You could have drafted a receiver at 24 last year but Hansy, uh, Hansy, Hansy Urban Meyer decided to take uh, a running back in the first round. Uh, he could have had Travis Etienne at 30, at 33. Travis Etienne would have been there at 33. Um, so, you know, it, it is what it is. Um, any one of the, any one of the three, like, I could understand. I don't know if I'd necessarily be happy with Hutchinson again, because he just, you know, it just isn't, it isn't, I don't see it with Hutchinson. I honestly don't. Unbiased, you know. I don't either. I think Hutchinson can be a consistent, can be a consistent, solid defensive end. But at number two, three, you're looking you're looking for a little more than that. And and the way the board falls to you might necessitate you taking that guy over a guy who maybe has a higher ceiling because he was already taken. Um. So we'll see, you know, in and, and at 32, I see a lot of. um. I'm seeing a lot of Lewis Klein from uh from Georgia, the safety. I love that. Um, you know, Kyle Hamilton, I don't think is gonna be there at 32. Um, and you know, Lewis Klein is he, he lays the lumber. <laughs> he'll he'll pop your pads. He's a pad popper. So I think he's the kind of he's the kind of guy Dan Campbell wants in that back, wants in that defensive backfield. Um and then you know at Thirty-four. If Ojabo knew that New is there, then you take then you take Ojabo New.
0: <laughs> yeah, with with Hutchinson, like he's a, he's a really good player, but like he kind of wrote a, a month of decent play into the Heisman ceremony, and I didn't understand it. Like, of course, when he was in the game at MSU, I was nervous to see him. Um, Knee was down, by the way. Shin was down. Um, Shin was down. Shin was down. That, that's fact. And I I just – I was more impressed with Ojabo coming out of that game than I was Hutchinson. And, like, all, all he can do is he has to stand up and, like, get a little bit of running start and then push in the lineman. And, like, you know, I said, oh, he's got too short of arms. And someone's like, well, so does Aaron Donald. But I'm like, Yeah but Aaron Donald's the best defensive tackle in the last however many years. Like one of the greatest players in our generation. Like let's slow down before you just compare the two because of their, their short arms. Okay. Like that, that's, I think he's a reach at too. I would rather go with someone else than him. I mean, if he's there and yeah, you know, Brad Holmes isn't going to fuck this up. You guys are right. It's not, like, there's clear-cut top five players in this draft. Like, I think Hutchinson would work out, but I think it's it could be a thing to where we look back at this 15 years from now and go, was it really worth the number two overall pick when maybe this person ended up being, you know, a, a superstar compared to Hutchinson? Well, it's always easy to go back and retract. And, and I hope but... he works out for the Lions. Like, I really do, If if he does go there. So I want to say that first, but go ahead. Well, I mean, it's easy to kind of go, it's easy to
1: kind of go back and redraft, right? And I I think a lot of the, I think a lot of the elite, elite, I think a lot of the guys who are going to end up going to Canton from this draft class are probably going to be from that middle of the first round, right? Like I think Sauce Gardner is a guy. I wouldn't take at two, but is going to be a guy who's going to work his ass off and play his way into Canton and have he a productive NFL though. career. Right. I mean, that's the thing too, is that this draft is so crazy
2: that Sauce Gardner could go third. It could be him or Stingley, I think, at three to Houston. I think that's where they'll go. So there's no,
1: there's no consensus. And I think that's something that, that's something that the draft hasn't had. Even in twenty seventeen, there was a consensus.
2: Yeah, Miles Garrett was number one, and then
1: yeah, Miles Garrett was number one.
2: Um, and then after that, it was just kind of
1: yeah. And and number two, you know, <laughs> he loves kissing titties. He loves kissing
0: titties. Um, Carter. We forgot they did that. The
1: Falcons have
2: the Falcons have the eighth pick. Uh, how are you feeling? Pretty much the same, as you said, kind of apathetic. Pretty much as apathetic about a draft as I've felt in a long time. I mean, for a team that needs everything, I'm glad they have five top 100 picks. Um, If there's a chance that one of, like, Thibodeau falls to eight or, like, Kyle Hamilton is there, maybe a Derek Stingley or even Jamison Williams, who I really, really like, um, those are the guys I think I'd be thrilled with. Everyone else I would probably just be like, okay. (laughs) I actually I I probably care more about the day two and or not the the second and third round picks, how they fill out the rest of the roster compared to who they take at eight, just because I feel like since the draft is just so you know spread out, it's not gonna be much of a difference. And you know, this they're they're gonna punt on 2022 and and hopefully, you know, be able to get a franchise quarterback in 2023. And they'll have like $100 million in cap space to work with. So, Bryce
1: Young is ours, bitch.
2: I'll take CJ Stroud. I like CJ Stroud a lot more. You got Bryce Young, that'd be good. Um, but yeah, it's just kind of like a whatever thing to me.
1: The Lions are going to win 10 games and end up with DJ Uyagalele. Oh, boy. And I am going to uh, place a pipe bomb in the base of the Mackinac Bridge.
0: <laughs> oh boy i know an it, officer close to there who might uh help uh disarm it yeah until the until
1: the fbi shows up i'm gonna have to stay in his band cave
0: <laughs> oh god we're, we're throwing breadcrumbs out um yeah i'm i'm excited to watch the draft you know i i you know i'm home we remote so got nothing else to do. It's not like I can go do stuff, but, uh, so we'll talk next week. Um, we'll, we'll have our thoughts on this draft. Um, I'm sure it's going to be fun. You know, see what, what, see what you guys thought, you know, considering I really can just kind of hang out until Saturday and then get into the draft. Um, then we'll, <clears throat> we'll preview Dr. Strange too. Yeah. I'm going to see it Thursday night um, at, like, 6 p.m., and it's a a really fucking short movie, which is nice. It's two hours. Like, well, two hours and six minutes, because I'm sure that there's going to be a mid-credit scene, and I'm guaranteeing... No, not guarantee. I'm not going to do a Scott Bell newsletter article. Um, (laughs) I would bet that there is a new Thor trailer at the end of this movie. Interesting. Yeah, Moon Knight. Yeah, yeah. we can we can close on Moon
1: Knight. Um,
0: now Go that up. we're all caught up.
1: Spoilers. Um, I'm glad they didn't drag out the psych ward thing. Yeah, I think it. I think like the obviously fake psychiatric ward um, would have been um, a lot if they if it had carried over into, into like the middle of the next episode. Mm-hmm. Um, I am glad that. They're like, all right, like this obviously is some kind of supernatural plane of existence that Stephen, Mark, and
0: maybe Jake Lockley
1: find themselves in. Yeah.
0: Um, I have to say that Ethan Hawk is just crushing it. Ethan I... Hawk I don't think Ethan Hawk has turned in a single bad performance. He, he doesn't make a movie or a show bad with his presence. He's one of those rare, rare people who can do that. Like, you can tell he just really enjoys doing it. And it's it's easy, you know, you just get to hang out in sandals and a cane, but like, you know, the psych ward scene's different too. So, he forever gets a pass for me because of Training Day. Like, that's an all-time movie, and he's, he's incredible in it. You know, obviously Denzel carries it, but Ethan is amazing. And I really like the episode. I'm re- <laughs> I'm wondering what's gonna happen because this hasn't connected to anything MCU-wise yet. And we have an episode tomorrow night or tomorrow morning, and then we have a final episode next Wednesday, right before Doctor Strange comes out. So I'm wondering how this is all gonna tie in. There's gonna be some way they do it. And Part of me is thinking maybe they got going to kind of go crazy and mention, because, like, if you look at that scene where all the gods gather in that um, temple, not all of them are there. And I wonder if they're eventually going to touch on, like, there is, like, they I don't think you're going to see Christian Bale in this series, but you, they might say there is a dude who has been killing us. Like, we, we have hidden because of this God butcher or some line like that. And then maybe the show ends with like the sword being shown that he has. I don't know. I'm, I'm totally speculating and I'm going to be wrong again. I am wrong on everything Marvel that I predict. So <clears throat> I really, I really wouldn't take what I'm saying and go and roll with it. Um, unless you want to bet against me, unless you want to hedge me. Um <laughs> And just for a word for the wise, don't go on Twitter at some parts. The list of the cameos in Doctor Strange 2 is out there. I saw it. Um, I'm not mad, but, like, I'm a little mad. Like, don't put it in Twitter that I got mad. But um, it's out there. And it's 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 good. But, uh, yeah, just beware for you, for you folks out there. Um, I mean, I think we're good, right?
1: Yeah, we can, yeah, we can wrap it up. We can take it home. Wrap it up. I've wrap incriminated up. myself enough this week. I think.
0: Yeah, I think it's enough self-incrimination until. Yeah, me. you canceled yourself uh, a couple times. Um, yeah. So next week we'll talk draft. We'll talk um, Doctor Strange 2, Like our, our our tailgate show. Our pre- <laughs> hopefully we
1: talk. Hopefully
0: we have portal news. Yeah, um, and we'll talk portal news or uh, no portal news. Well, no matter what happens. Um, so we'll let Carter go and watch his Hawks uh, uh. battling. They're still in it. They're battling, um, and uh, we'll we'll talk to you next week. Uh, good to be back with you guys, fellas. Go green. Go white. Go white. No portal. <laughs>